0: This is really something that I really want to share. Every Thursday, and this is the second Thursday that we've done it, we've actually started our prayer and worship night. It was a powerful time to get equipped, not only worship and pray together, but it was a powerful time to get equipped in how to pray. Last week, Pastor Edgar actually taught us how to discern the voice of God. And it was a powerful time, and I hope you know that you are all invited and welcome to go on our Thursday's worship night. We actually made it into 8 p.m. so that you could actually get here in time after dinner, more parking, so that we can worship together and pray together. So, please join our prayer and worship night every Thursday. I'm done. Thank you, Lord. All right, and so now we get into the Word. Uh, We are still in our series called Amazing Grace. And we talk about the amazing grace. We know that the author of this grace is none other than our Heavenly Father. It's from God. And so whenever we talk about amazing grace, and this is not a trick question, and I hope after two weeks talking about amazing grace, we know this by now, that grace is something we don't deserve. It's something that we are not working for to get it. Why? Because the sinful nature of who we are, we will never deserve it. But God gives it to us freely anyway. He extends His love to us, His grace to save us. And so if I ask you today, when have you experienced the grace of God in your life? Most of you or all of you might say, during the time that I first encountered Jesus. Why? Because it's the time that He has brought us from death to life. It's something that only the grace of God can do in our lives. But the grace of God does not end there. Five weeks, we're going to talk about this. And we are on our third week. Why? Because the grace of God is beyond our salvation. It's something that when we talk about it, it's there's something more. Alam niyo ba yung mga sa TV, di ba? Wait! There's something better. Or there's more to that. And there's more. Grace is a concept that we can assume that we understand. But the reality is it's so deep, it's so wide, that it can actually affect our entire lives. Let me illustrate that to you. I realized this when I was preparing for this preaching. One of the things that I love doing is actually go out of town. I love going out of town. I love going to a place that is a little bit far from here, regardless if it's traffic, regardless of the driving. And so I realized that I love to drive. I I don't know why. i okay ako, ako magdrive. I'll drive no matter how far it is. And the reason why I love to drive now better is because of this feature in some of Are you familiar with this? What is this? It's, so not all are familiar with it. Diba, sabi tinanong ako ng wife, ano yan? Gas gauge? Yan, hindi yan gas gauge. That's gasul gauge. No, it's different. It's a feature of some cars and it's actually cruise control. What does it do? You actually set your car at a certain speed when you're driving 100 kilometers per hour which is that's the maximum and as believers we follow this right Christian tayo ayo nila no Sabi, 120 yeah. So we set the car and not not all cars have this you set the speed at a certain level when you're running you turn it on for some cars it's it's below the steering some it's in the steering wheel you turn it on and you take out your feet it drives at the speed of 100 kilometers per hour It will remain that way. Unless you step on the brake, it disengages. Now, there are some features that you press it up, it speeds up a little. You press it down, it it slows down. And so when you're driving in T-Plex and in N-Lex and in SC-Tex, and you're driving at 100 kilometers per hour because that's the prescribed by law, and we do not over, we're Christians, right? Emphasis on Christians. And so what happens is when you drive with cruise control, if there's a car in front of you that's nearing, all you have to do is press a little of the brakes, and it slows down. But it disengages, and now you can turn it back on. Paka naka direct mong What did I learn when I tried cruise control? It actually made me enjoy driving more. na ako na stress kasi ako I remember when I was younger, I want to get ahead. So mag overtake di ba Ganun tayo no Yung we have this mindset of conquering the world men pag sinabing pupuntang bagyo ano iniisip natin i will take bagyo in 3 min- 3 hours Ganon, di ba? 3 hours anong pag women ano iniisip we will buy pasalubong along the way magkaiba talaga no anyway what am i what am i what's my point i forgot okay so cruise control it's something that it's nice to know the purpose of it is to actually enjoy the drive It's something that you'll enjoy the experience of driving in without it, after trying it out, you'll look for it. Why am I saying this? You know, the grace of God in our walk with God is different. Unless we know all the features, all the aspects of grace, it will be useless in our lives if we don't know how to use it and how it applies in our lives. Just like cruise control. And so today, we're going to talk about a different aspect, that it's beyond our salvation. It's beyond what we know about the grace of God. And we're going to look at Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 14. So if you have your Bibles with you, I won't flash the text so that we can read together. You can actually get it through your phones or your hard copy Bible. So please go to chapter 2 of Titus, and we're going to read verse 11 until 14. If you're there... Please say, Amen. Lord, thank you that people do not lie. Verse 11, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Verse 13, Waiting for our blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our God, and Savior Jesus Christ. Verse 14. Who gave Himself for us to redeem us from all the lawlessness and to purify for Himself a people for His own possession who are zealous for good works. This is our word for today. Titus talks about how it is to live a life through the grace of God. I mean, Paul talks to Titus about it. And so we we go through it very carefully, we start with verse 11. It says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. We've learned this for the past two weeks. We know that the grace of God leads to salvation. It's available for those who receive it, right? But today we will focus on verse 12 to 14. It starts with this. For the grace of God has appeared for salvation. But it's more than that. The Bible says, it trains us. Can you say that with me? The grace of God trains. The grace of God not only saves us, but it actually trains us. In other versions, the grace of God is, uh, in the amplified version, they use the word teach. It teaches us. The grace of God. What else? In the NLT version, it actually says instructs. It's instructing, it teaches, and it trains. How does the grace of God train us? How does the grace of God teach us? I think the obvious answer starts with this, with the Word of God. Right? You know, our relationship with God is beyond just praying. I've talked to a lot of people uh, who are new in the church, and whenever I would ask them, how do you know if God answers? And their answer would be, Pag nagpipray ako nafifil ko. Pag lumamig, Yes. Pag uminit? No. And so the question is, If signs are the answer to your inquiries to God, how sure are you if the signs are accurate? You know, a lot of us might find this funny, but the reality is all the answers to our prayers is already here. All the answers to our prayers is already written in this book. The promises of God are here. The the warnings of God are all here. And so what do we realize? When we say the grace of God trains us, number one, God's grace allows us to have the word of God. Everything that we need is in the word of God. The problem is how we treat the word of God. I I've heard this quote before, Sabinya, I have no issue with the truth that is written in this book. I believe everything in it. The big issue for me is when you ask me to apply it. Is that hard? Is it really hard to apply what the Word of God says? I would say, yes. It's very hard. Why? Because the Bible reminds us that the Word of God is like a mirror. That when you look at it, it actually shows you what's wrong in your life. That whenever you read Scripture, and I believe that the Word of God is alive and active, whenever you read it, it will tell you, why am I not like this? It will tell you, I'm far from where God wants me to be. The grace of God teaches us through His Word. But there is a problem. It's more than knowing the Word. I like the reminder of my good friend Flint. If you are a 90s kid, Flint of what did he say? Knowing is half the battle. It's knowing, but it's only half of it. What's the other half? If you know the truth, the Bible says, it will set you free. What's the other half? We need to do the Word. It's not just knowing the Word, but the Bible tells us we need to do the Word. The reality is we can actually read the Bible from cover to cover every single year. But unless we apply what it says, it will never change us. Unless we do what it says, it will never change us. I'm going to give you a, an example. In Titus 2, this is what it says. No? In the instructions of Titus on how he will teach the church, he says, Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love and in steadfastness. Older women likewise has to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves. It actually talks about the young people to be self-controlled and pure, submissive to their own husbands for the ones who are married. The Bible has instructions that are very difficult to apply and do. A lot of things needs to be worked on when we talk about the Word of God. I remember the last training uh, that I attended care of my last company before I went into full-time was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You you know that training, right? It's it's based on a book by Stephen Covey. It's a very expensive training. The company decided to handpick a few people every year, and I was privileged enough to be part of that. They actually booked us in Antipolo in the Lopez something... Uh, yeah, anyway, we were there for a week or for four days. We actually learned about the seven habits of highly effective people. It was a great seminar. I learned a lot. But I realized I didn't actually apply what I learned. nakay spirit ba kayo ng May inattendan seminar, but it was so good. You know it's gonna help your life. But you did not apply it. Have you experienced that? And so I was thinking about it. Why didn't I apply it? Even though I liked everything, even though I know it's going to help me be effective in whatever I do, it applies in all areas of my life, even in my spirituality. But I didn't change anything. And this is what I realized. I didn't change anything because... I didn't want to change. I didn't want to give up the way of life that I had. I liked it. It was comfortable. I know how to do my life. Yes, that's effective, but what I'm doing anyway is good. What I'm doing anyway is okay. It has results. You know, the reality is sometimes the issue is not getting what we need or getting the instructions, the right things to do. The issue is really I'm going to say it in behalf of myself. I'm just stubborn. We just don't want to change. Even though we know for a fact that everything that is written in this book will actually make my life better. I just don't want to change. I want to stick with what I know. You know, maybe I've said this and I also hear this with some people. They say this, I've surrendered my life to God anyway. Isn't that enough? If God saved me, isn't that enough? Why do I need to surrender everything? Okay na ako, sinaved na niya ako. God intervened in my situation. He promises me a good future and to spend eternity with Him. Can I just live my life on my own? Isn't that enough? Can I just embrace God for as my Savior, but not as a Lord? The problem with this is in Titus chapter 1, it actually gives us a hint of people who just want God as a Savior. We proclaim God as our Savior and nothing more. The Bible says in Titus 1, Such people claim they know God, but they deny Him by the way they live. They're detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. We feel like being saved is enough, but we don't want to apply the word of God. Some say, If mahal naman ako ni Lord, why can't He accept me for who I am? Have you heard that statement? If God loves me, then He should accept me for who I am. That's part true, But you want to know what the half of it is, ito po yon sobrang mahal tayo ni Lord that He accepted us for who we are. That's why the grace of God is God extending to us, right? We don't deserve it. But at the same time, He loves us too much not to change us. He loves us too much not to change who we are. And we have to embrace God as our Lord and Savior. It's both. James chapter 1 says, Can we read this together? But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. James, very strong with this statement in saying, if you read the word and not apply it, you are just fooling yourselves. In Tagalog, ano po yon? Niloloko mo lang ang sarili mo. The Bible is there for us to know the truth and apply the truth. But there is good news. Doesn't mean that the Bible is just full of do's and don'ts, that our life of Christianity is about rules. There is good news. Ito po yung good news. The word that is used as trainer or learner or instructor in the Bible is found, uh, is in the Greek word, is. Paideu. Greek shay? Eh. So hindi ko siya Ano, no? P-A-I-D-E-U-O. 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 P-A-D-E-U-O. 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 P-D-E-U-O. P-D-E-U-O. And so what does it mean? It's more than an instructor. It refers to training that includes what? Educating, instructing, disciplining, rebuking, correcting. A child under development through strict training. And there is a purpose that they do it. It's training a child to mature, to realize its full development. What am I saying? When God said, God's grace... When the word said, God's grace trains us, it actually walks us through. Hindi po siya, oh yan, gawin mo lahat. And then babalikan kita tamang iksa. You know, the God's grace, when it deals with us, it's like dealing with a kid. Dahan-dahan. And so pag nagmature, nag-elevate din yung learning. But training is not just teaching, there is also rebuking. Have you remembered the nine volts battery? Yes. Meron pa bang ganon? Meron pa. Sa mundo ko wala. Hindi ko alam. Anyway, 9 volts battery is something that you should experience as a kid. Have you experienced 9 volts battery personally in your life? I've experienced it personally. Yung hahawakan mo, Tapos, ba? Tapos, na The 9 volts battery. You can't be complete without doing that. And so my dad would say, No, 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 no. <laughs> what did you learn? Electricity is good. <laughs> you know, the grace of God trains, it's patient. But there is a purpose. What is the purpose? For us to grow. Tapat nagbama mature tayo. You know, when we see a baby that is drooling and crying na cute, and saying, oh, cute, cute, right? Pero kung ano na yan, 20 na. That's gonna, eh. Question. In your walk with God, ever since the time you've experienced God, you consider yourself growing as a believer. The experience being changed by God on a regular basis. Is He maturing you? Is He bringing you to that potential or where He wants you to be. Because the grace of God, when it trains us, it actually changes us. As we continue, it says, Proverbs 3, verse 11 to 12, My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline, and don't be upset when He corrects you, for the Lord corrects those He loves. Just as a father corrects a child with whom he delights... God corrects us and God do, does something in us. He molds us. The Bible says He prunes us. Why? I hope you know because He loves you. He wants the best for you. And the last response for us is to feel bad. Pad ganun. ni discipline ako ni Lord. You know, sometimes we just need to realize that God wants the best for us. And so, ngayon, pang nakita ko 9 volts battery. Are we maturing? Is God's grace training us? The purpose of God's grace dealing with us, training us, instructing us is this God wants to transform us. Why does He need to transform us? You know, in life today, we actually like transformations. No? We like shows that actually show transformation. A house that's transformed. A fashion that is transformed. We like it. We enjoy it. But the reality is God does not call us to transform the way we look. The purpose of God in our lives is to transform what is inside. The world that is inside us needs to be transformed. You know, the world has so many books to help us transform. The things that we are known to do... We can actually transform it, uh, change it in the internet. How to stop smoking in three steps. I tried it. Some of you know this. I used to smoke. I've stopped. Last week. <laughs> I used to smoke. For years, I couldn't get out of it. I tried all the help, self-help tips in the internet. Ten Ways to quit smoking. There's this uh, study that says you just need to change the habit. So if you're smoking, change it with something else. So I did. I started coffee. And so I realized coffee is best with cigarettes. <laughs> and so what happens? Dalawa na yung addiction ko. But you know, when, I, when God revealed one truth in my life, and this was the truth that I realized that my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Sabi ko, Lord, kung dito ka nakatira, mausok. I wanted to change. I tried everything. I tried getting rid of the cigarettes, throwing it away, and then going back to it, and just straightening it out. I've tried everything to quit. Because I know it's bad. But when I realized that God wants me to live a healthy life he has given me this body to take care of I realized one more thing I couldn't do it on my own And so when I surrendered it and when the Lord when God revealed to me his word I began to surrender it and say Lord I can't do it on my own Take this vice away from me take it away one of the best experiences of my life was this story. Because the next day I prayed, when I woke up, coughing hard, very hard, I thought I was going to die. sa when I woke up. But after a day of coughing, I didn't know what to do. You know what happened? The next day I woke up as if I've never smoked. As if there was no craving, walang cold turkey, cold chicken, cold cats. Wala! It was freedom from addiction. Why? Because I knew it was only through Him. You know, when God transforms us, it's long-lasting. But if it's when, if it's about our efforts, what happens? We fail. Kaya ganun si Lord. Yung grace niya is part of our lives. Why? Because on our own, the reality is, think about it, We can't actually do it. We can't. Only through the grace of God. Why does God want to transform us? The word is sanctification. Do you know, have you heard of the word sanctification? Sanctification means this. The state of proper function. What does that mean? God is actually bringing us back to the original design. When God transforms us, to His image and likeness. When God changes us to His design, what does that mean? We're actually not learning something new. What it means is, we were actually designed by God this way. Another definition of sanctification is this. To sanctify someone is to set that person apart for the use intended by its designer. And that's why a lot of people are trying to find their purpose in life, trying to find pursuits in money, in career, but at the end of it all, what happens? They say, "Parang hindi pa rin ito." Why am I not happy? Why am I not fulfilled? Why? Because only the purpose from our Creator will give us life. And so, sanctification actually allows us to go back to the design of God. Binabalik tayo to original. Another definition of sanctification is to sanctify means to make holy because God is holy. Turn to the person to your right. Do they look holy? Yes? Why? Because God is doing His work in us. He is sanctifying us. He is changing us. Sanctification means Titus 2 as we continue our verse it says renouncing ungodliness and worldly passions sanctification means whenever we read the bible we see what's wrong with us it tells us what we should stop doing i like that paul actually emphasized the second one sabi niya renounce ungodliness we know this we want to be good right la tayo i think all of us in this room want to be good but the reality is gusto kong bumaet pero di ma Go it's so hard in our efforts we always go back to our sinful nature but there's this sin that is different he says renounce ungodliness or turn your back from it but there's also that worldly passions the things that we like to do that are unseen by everyone we're not proud of it worldly passions and so to be sanctified is to know the truth. When we know the truth, what do we do, we repent. We turn our backs away from sin. Ilang degrees ang turn natin? 360 para pabalik pa balik sa sin, no? 180 lang po. And so we walk our life of faith to the truth. We go back to God. Another thing that God has sanctified in my life, and I'm not boasting because I did it, because only God can do it. Amen. I used to curse a lot. Sobra! As in every statement, toot! I stood it with, and then ended it, toot! Mayroon ba kayong Hindi, occasional lang to. Every occasion. I, talaga lahat. Tapos, yung cursing ko, nag-evolve. Pwedeng konyo, pwedeng tagal, pang masa, depende sa kasama. I've learned all of it, pati yung ibang language, from Baguio Curse, to say, what? I, as a believer, when I got saved, ito po yung mindset ko. Sabi ko? Expression lang naman yun eh. Doesn't mean anything. To say a curse is just an expression, it just sounds nicer. That's what I said. I was convincing myself. But when somebody called it out and said, you know, I wish it was just a, cur- a, a expression, but the reality is. The power of the word, there is power in our words, in our tongue. That when we say a curse, it actually hurts people. Regardless, kung sabi ko, wala namang mo, eh? Meron pa, alam nyo, gets nyo ba? Ndi ko naman sinabing mo. Lord, I hope nobody's cursing me now. And so I realized this, that there is power in your tongue, that when you speak life, something. Good happens, but when you speak death, it actually is a curse. Nasabihan na rin kasi ako ng mga curses when I was growing up. And it affected my life. And I thought it was nothing. Somebody told me, bobo ako. And it actually got stuck in my head. I know the power of words. So I have to renounce it. I have to cut it out from my life. Why? Because I am created in the image of God. You know, I hope you know that my cursing stopped not because I could but it was just changed and changed by God and changed by God. I really don't know how I stopped. I don't even remember the experience of stopping. It just did. God changes us through His Word. He transforms us to a new person. He transforms us into someone who is like Him. Why? Because people will notice your change. For some believers, the radically changed people are actually weirded out. Sino na to? Na-examination na ba yun? Sa office, nung na-save God, ba? parang, sino na siya? Siya pa ba to? Dati nagmumura to ngayon, God bless lang. No? May nag- God bless you! Parang malipa din eh, no? You know, a radical change or transformation, sanctification only comes from God. And I like what it says. It says, not only does the grace of God teach us not what to do, it actually teaches us what to do. It's complete. It actually tells us that we need to live our lives with self control, with being upright, with godly lives. And the most important part of it is this, that it actually allows us to live it today. It's not just us being saved and then ina lang si Lord in heaven in the future. It's our life today. We are being changed today. It's hard, but it is possible only through the Lord. I'm going to share with you a story about A.C. Green. A.C. Green was part of the Los Angeles Lakers during the era of the showtime. They were one of the best teams. Starting five pusha with Byron Scott, James Worthy, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and him. He is actually known, if you Google him, for two things. Number one, he's called the Iron Man of the NBA. Only because he played 1,192 games straight in his career. Sabihin, walang patid. Ang philosophy nya, if my mom and dad actually went to work every day, I should be doing that every day. He was an excellent rebounder. He, he actually was a different person when he was on court. He played 1,278 games of 1,281, missing only three games in his career because he got injured. He's called the Iron Man. One of the things that's important to know about A.C. Green, he was actually a believer. He was a Christian. And I'm not telling his stories about breaking records. I'm going to tell you a different kind of story. And I found this article on the internet. They call him the Iron Virgin. The Iron Virgin. Why? You know, <coughs> excuse me. A.C. Green, when he was drafted by, uh, I think, J- Jerry West, I'm not sure the team manager during that time, he knew it was going to be a problem. He was a believer. And the Showtime team during that time, Magic Johnson, was one of the most, I don't know how to describe it, but they were really partying every night with half-naked or if not naked women in front of them. It was, if you research about it, you'll be surprised on how grabe lang talaga of how immoral, in what they did, in house parties. And so, Magic Johnson, when he learned about his new teammate, A.C. Green, sabi niya, ha, what? You're still a virgin? Sabi niya. Nagtagalog, no? Hindi ako makapaniwala. <laughs> he was so, he was so, uh, what's the word? In Tagalog, parang, it's impossible. You're a basketball star now. That's impossible. Women would go to you. And so, Ito po yung sinabi ni Magic Johnson. Once you start seeing these girls around NBA, you won't be thinking of that Christian and God stuff. Sabi ni Magic Johnson, pag nagsimula na yan, imposibleng maalala mo pa yung Lord mo. So this is what he did. We'll give you two months, and I'm sure you will be done. So sabi niya, two months lang, bibigay ka What did he say? That's impossible that you don't give in. So, ginawa po, naka-basketball cup si Magic Johnson in the story. Sabi niya, we're gonna bet. Nilagyan nila, mga players, na umabot ng $300. Sabi nila, if you endure the two months, that $300 is yours. So, sabi ni AC Green, okay. So, one week has passed. Siyempre, pag nasa road, ano, tempt nila, they would send... Women to his room. So kakatok. You know what he would do? Sa article. He would pray loud. Lord, I thank you for you. Protect me. You protect my eyes in the name of Jesus. So syempre, diba yung papa? He would do that. Every night they would tell him. Manalo, matalo, they would go out. And they would tell him, AC, let's go out. Let's party. He would always say this. I won't join, but I will pray for you. na talaga sila sa They were, he was so uh, different. He lived a different life from his teammates, and so one day, almost at the two months, they sent women in a moment na hindi niya magawala. <coughs> but you know what AC did? Parang si ano, si what's his what's his. Alam agad, thank you. Yes, tama, si Joseph, di ba, he fleed. Tumakbo, Nang nagpe Lord. You know, for Magic Johnson, it was an impossible scenario. It's impossible. Nobody could do that. But you know, what happened? Two months passed. This was his rookie career. Years passed. Actually, decades passed. A decade passed. He actually retired in 2001 as the 38-year-old virgin. He was never married. He stayed pure and holy. And when they would ask him, Weren't you tempted? He niya, Of course I was. I was. The grace of God allows me to get away from temptation. Quoted a Bible scripture that that God will not give us any child that we cannot get out of. You know, after he retired, right after a few months, he got married and he's no longer a virgin anymore. AC Green. But you know, his life did not stop there. He actually continued at foundation, the AC Green Foundation, where they're there to help kids and the youth to abstain uh, the life of abstinence and he teaches leadership and program developments for the youth it's impossible a lot of players said but you know even in our situation i think it is impossible when it's about our efforts but when we know that God's grace is with us in everything that He is doing in our lives, the things that He is changing in our lives, it is possible with His grace. So, what do we learn from the story of A.C. Green? God's grace empowers us. Not only does He tell us what to do from His word, not only does He give us the strength to do it, He actually gives us the Holy Spirit to live it out. We have all that we need. We allow God's grace to move in our impossible situations. We start by declaring, and this is important, we can actually start to be empowered by the grace of God when we start not saying, ganito na talaga ako. It starts with the words that we declare. I've said that before. Ganito lang siguro talaga ako, hindi na ako magbabago. Baka hanggang dito lang yung pagbabago ng Panginoon sa buhay ko. But I hope you know that's a lie. Because the grace of God not only trains us, it empowers us to a godly life. Chapter 2, verse 13. It says, Waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. That the sanctification and the transformation of God in our lives has a purpose. Why? Because we are waiting for that blessed hope. What is that blessed hope? It's the time that we will face Jesus once again. And not only are we prepared, imagine if you're meeting the most important person in a few months, will you prepare for it? We would. And so until that we, the time that we meet Jesus face to face, the Holy Spirit empowers us, transforms us, sanctifies us. It's actually preparing us. But there's good news. God designed us to be transformed and to live life here on earth with this in mind. The Bible says, uh, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's grace is upon us today. It transforms us so that we can live our lives as if we are in heaven already. That's the major difference. Of people who believe in God. So the question is Do people in your life see that in you? Naikita kaya nila na sinasanctify tayo ni Lord. Naikita kaya nila na we are being changed. The more important question is Do you actually see that God is transforming you? Are you allowing Him to transform you? Are you allowing Him to change you to His design? Are you allowing the will of God to move in your life? Last verse. It says, Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all the lawlessness. The lawlessness is something that is uh, detestable, That the things that we, that we don't like. And to purify for himself a people of his own possession who are zealous for good works. What does that mean? This is the cost of our transformation and sanctification. That Jesus actually died for us so that we can be transformed. He paid a high price to change us, to mold us, to to allow us to be changed and transformed. He purifies us. And he says, for us to be zealous for good works. What does zealous mean? It means we are passionate about doing good. I'm going to end with this story. There is this new church member, a lady who actually wanted to volunteer. yeah. And I hope you guys do volunteer. So she wanted to volunteer in the new church that she belongs to. And so the leader that actually was interviewing her, a guy and a girl, asked her this question. Sabi niya, were you a sinner before you received the Lord Jesus into your life? Tinanong siya. Sinner ka ba? Bago ma-receive si Lord? And of course, the answer is Yes. Sabi niya, yes. But there's a follow-up question. Sabi niya, Nawala po yung nagtatanong, so ganun din, nagpost. Sabi niya, Well, are you still a sinner today? For those who would like to volunteer, kung tatanungin ko kayo, diba? are you a sinner before you met Christ? Yes. Tapos ang follow-up question, do you still consider yourself as a still a sinner today? Yeah. Bababa po ako, titignan ko kung ano yung mga sagot. Anong sagot? Very good. Sabi nila, yes. And so, ito po yung itsura niya. Sabi niya, mukhang hindi na ako tatanggapin. Alanganin niya tayong sagot ko. Mali. There's another follow-up question. Sabi sa kanya, Then what real change have you experienced? That's a difficult question to answer. And what real change have you really experienced? So parang sa kanya, Mukhang trick question na to. And this is what she said. Well, I don't quite know how to explain it. She said, Except I used to be a sinner. Can I say it again? I used to be a sinner running after sin. But now that I am saved, I am a sinner running away from sin. I hope you know that When God sanctifies us, it's a lifelong journey. It doesn't end. It's not a purple book that you go through, but it's a life with the Lord. That eventually we will still unearth things that we do not like about ourselves. We will unearth things that we are still sinning about. But God's sanctification in our lives allows us to change the direction. Before we used to like this sin, we embrace it, we do it, But now, as we are saved, just like the lady said, what did she say? Now I'm running away from sin. A life that is transformed by God. Where are you today? Where's your heart today? Are you allowing God and His grace to move in your life, to be transformed? Good news. Natanggap po yung volunteer. So if I ask you later, alam nyo na yung Well, I used to, ano eh, gonna end with this statement. One statement. This is so profound. I didn't know how to say it. But the reality is this. And I hope you take ownership with this statement. God is not yet done with us. God is not yet done with me and God is not yet done with you. Thank God He's not giving up on us. Thank God He wants to still transform us and sanctify us. Amen? Can you declare that? Allow God to remind you that He's not done with you. Can you say that in a very personal way? Can you say it God is not yet done with me. Thank you, God, that you are a God who hears our prayers and knows where we are. Can I ask everyone to close their eyes as we take this time to wait on the Lord as He speaks to us? Lord, point areas in our life that you want to fix Lord, thank you that you're a patient God. You don't just do all the work now, but you're willing to journey with us. Lord, if there's one thing that is that you want me to surrender today, that you want to change, to transform, Lord, speak to me. Holy Spirit, speak to each and everyone in this room on what that is. That one thing that you want to transform. That one thing that you're still sanctifying, you're purifying. That one thing that you want to take out and change. That one thing that you're bringing back to design. Speak to my brothers and sisters today about this one thing. Thank you, Lord. You're a faithful God. We declare that you'll do your work in our lives today. I want to pray for a last group of people that it seems your heart is there. You want to change. You want God to do your work, to do His work in your life. You want to be transformed. But the only thing that's stopping you is that you can't seem to pick up that Bible. For some reason, just reading one word will distract you and you want to go back to what you're doing. If that's you, I want to pray for grace to know God through reading the word. Lord, you see my brothers and sisters who are raising their hands. Thank you, Lord, that the grace of getting to know you, of seeking you, even comes from me. Thank you, Lord God, that you will give us your spirit, that when we open the word, Lord, it will be a personal letter to us, as if you are speaking to us. Thank you, Lord God, that it's something not only that we will enjoy, but it will change our lives, Lord God. Lord, thank you that your spirit is upon my brothers and sisters today. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you are excited? about God doing His work in your life. Can we give God praise? Lord, thank You that You are God who speaks. You are a God who gives us Your Word through the Bible. And Lord, thank You that Your Word is alive, that it changes, it transforms. It gives us that breakthrough that we've been waiting for. So Lord, thank You that you are a faithful God will move in our midst. Lord, we want to embrace that grace that you are allowing us to live in. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. Lord, bless your people this week. Allow them to experience you like never before. Allow them to be transformed by your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody of God's people say, Amen, amen and Amen. See you next week. God bless you.